You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are connected to our faith in Jesus and the way that it plays out in our everyday lives. In this episode, we're discussing the recent election results in Ohio with the passage of Issue 1, which was connected to abortion, and Issue 2, which was connected to the legalization of marijuana. What does this mean for us as Christians? How should we process through these things and think about the landscape in our state as we look to hold out the gospel to people who need to hear it? Welcome in to Church Unplugged. Welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy, part of the leadership team here at CCC. We've got the rest of our leadership team, Zach Wyrock, Joe Coffey, and Stacey DiNardo. And our topic today is uh, the recent election results in Ohio. So we are recording this on November 8th, which is the day after uh, the election in Ohio, where both uh, issue one, which was the issue connected to abortion rights in Ohio, and then issue two, the legalization of marijuana, they both passed, and they both passed by uh, pretty significant margins. So in some ways, uh, as Christians, we wake up to a new Ohio this morning because uh, there are some pretty tangible changes in the law as it pertains to things that are moral convictions of ours. So uh, what we want to talk about today is how we as Christians should process through that, how we might process through the fact that uh, actually mor- mor- morally we might be in the minority uh, going forward when maybe 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it didn't seem that way. So how do we uh, process those results and then maybe that concept as a whole? That's our topic for today. It's probably worth saying too that we've done other related podcasts. Uh, so we did one on legalization of marijuana yep. and we did one on, and that was a while, a while ago, and then we did one recently on issue one. Right. So if you wondered kind of what our thoughts were on those issues, you could go back to those. And And now we're saying, okay, but those things have both happened in Ohio. So what? And I, I think one thing is uh, all, every issue ref- election, not a candidate election, but an issue election where people are actually voting yes or no and something is going to happen or not happen, it is in some ways uh, obviously a reflection of where we are as a state. Yeah. yeah. So I think, I think an interesting thing, even before you get into like good, bad, lamenting, is just these. everyone in our state is telling us something about themselves and about the state as a whole. So as a missionary, it's kind of how I think about us as missionaries, that's that's helpful data in in terms of just how they understand the world, how they understand themselves, how they understand the government, how they... So maybe a good place to start would just be what do these yes votes tell us about the state we live in? Yeah, I know when I woke up this morning, I... uh you know, saw the results, and I had seen them before I went to bed last night, so I knew what was coming. And I felt like I spent some time, you know, with the Lord and uh, apologizing to Him, saying, I'm sorry, like that we are here and lamenting. And then my next thought was more, okay, well, now we know. Now now what are we going to do? How do we respond? And I always go to um, you know how the early church was with Rome, how you know the Chinese Christians are with China. I don't think this should throw us Mm-mm. all out of whack. I think it tends to throw Americans out of whack. And I'm yeah. not really when we maybe Zach, you could talk to why we why that seems like it does happen. Well, well some of that I think is tied to the just the the level of discourse politically in our country now is it's very us versus them. So the consequence of that is you wake up the day after an election and there are losers and winners, 
right? And so you're getting the the responses is, is is maybe some of it is issue driven. Oh no, now our state has extended the window for abortion, or oh no, now our state has legalized a, a substance that that may not be helpful uh, for people. But it's also a sense of like, oh, we lost, right. and what we do in this country when we lose. Uh, oftentimes in anything, but especially in politics, is we we demonize the, the other side and we throw ourselves into a state of like, oh, you know, the the world is going to go to hell in a handbasket, right. so to speak. You know, it's kind of like the old joke after a presidential election is if the Democrats win, some prominent Republicans will say they're moving to Canada. Yeah. And if Republican wins, some prominent Democrats. You know, it's that right. sense of right. the country as I know it is, is, is over. Um, yeah, I just think there's a, a freak out mode that we enter. I think one thing that's interesting to me, though, from like a sociological perspective is people are rejecting old concepts of morality if they're not rooted in anything. I think that that more and more people are saying, why? It's like the teenager question of when you say, don't do that, and they're old enough why? that they can reason, they go, why? Right. And I think people are saying, I don't think the average person in Ohio, the majority who voted, can can really have a conversation about the morality of abortion or the mm-hmm. morality of marijuana. But in the absence of their ability to have that conversation, they assume there is no argument. Does that make sense? And I feel like maybe as Christians, one thing I keep taking away is, boy, it's really important to teach people not just what's right and what's wrong, why, but why, yeah. and even something more than, well, the Bible says, but actually helping people. Because in the absence of that, I think people are going to say, uh, are going to vote to allow things if they don't understand the damaging implications. Well, especially if the argument them. is framed in the sense of freedom and control right. and uh, liberty and saying, okay, well, we want people to be free to make choices about the way that they want to live. You know, that is a, a bedrock principle of the United States. And so, but in, you're right, in absence of making compelling moral arguments for for why abortion is is wrong and why marijuana usage is wrong, people will just be swept into a tide of, well, we think people, we think the government should stay out of people's personal decisions on these things. Hmm. Yeah. It's something I experienced as a church planter because uh, when I moved to the neighborhood that I planted a church in, I realized it was a neighborhood where people didn't wake up on Sunday and say, we really ought to be in church. Right. Yeah, it right, just wasn't even right. on the radar. So I had to, I had to figure out how do I even make church relevant to them? And I think that's the thing is I, I'm not sure biblical morality feels relevant to anyone. So when you we say, have to make sure we're making it relevant that, to, to the people in our church, right? That, but right, that's right, what I mean. Right, I mean, right. I, I think we probably in a church our size, we we probably had people who come to church every week, who attend our church, who would Almost say certainly. they believe, who voted yes on both these things, and and I think that part of that is because I'm just not sure we, that churches are doing a great job. That I am a put myself there, that I'm doing a great job of explaining. Uh, the, the analogy that makes sense to me is when you go to math class in high school and the answer's in the back of the book. So you can say for problem three, I got 15. Got to show your work. But you got to show the work. Right. Otherwise, yeah. you could have just made that number up, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think what people in Ohio are saying is we don't think there's any work to show for why abortion is is wrong yeah, or do, why marijuana might not be best. Yeah. And we go back to the to the early church they were always showing the work because they because it to. was so anti-cultural. Yep. Like you yeah. know, Rome, anything seemed like it went if you were powerful enough, right? And so uh, the Christians come along and they begin to say, "Oh no, we we do things differently." Not not just because God said so, mm-hmm. 
but because this is what God says about human beings and right. human relationships and uh, what it means to glorify God. So uh, that's what I, I always want to keep going back to is that uh, there's there's no reason to throw our hands up and say, "Oh my gosh, you know the you know the United States is going to hell in a handbasket." Uh, you know, I think early church. Uh, changed the Roman Empire That's right. with yeah. no voting privileges. No right. social yeah. media. No power, no, yeah. no power at all. Yeah. No money, no nothing. But the gospel's yeah. compelling right. enough, yeah. And I, I always think that's the way Chinese Christians are too. Right now, they may be between 100 and 200 million strong. Yeah. And they're saying in 30 years, it won't matter right. who is in charge because this whole nation will be a Christian nation from the bottom up, you know? And I think as Christians, I think we, um, in America in particular, I think we ha are used to doing uh, kind of Christian morality from the top down yeah. and not from the bottom up. Yeah, I think that's a mindset, sh sh mindset shift that's significant. I remember reading a book, probably it was released maybe five or six years ago. It's called Good Faith, and I really liked it. One of the main ideas was uh, these authors, I think the, the guy's name is Gabe Kinneman. Yeah. What he was saying was that uh, Christians need to, to make the switch in their minds from thinking of, them, of themselves as a moral majority to mm -hmm. what he called a prophetic minority mm -hmm. and just understanding that society writ large is, is not going to adopt the moral convictions that we as Christians will adopt. And instead of uh, throwing our hands up and saying, well, now our country's right. falling apart. What are we going to do? Or feeling just like understanding or, that yeah. that is the environment in which we now exist. And so what does that mean for how we hold out the gospel to people? What does that mean for how we defend our convictions and, and articulate what we believe to be true, what we know to be true because of what God's revealed to us? And I think that's the mindset shift we have to figure out. And one of the primary arenas where this exists, I think, is, is parenting. Because our kids live in the larger culture, and I, and I think are affected by it through media, through social media, through relationships. And I think even if you graduate children who will say uh, these things are wrong but can't show the work, right? Yeah. right? Either A, it's just a matter of time before someone comes along and shows the work in the other direction right. and they change, or B, they're no good to the world. Right. Even yeah. if they quote unquote will vote the right way, right? They they're no good to the world because they 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 don't they don't increase that prophetic minority of like, mm -hmm. hey, let me explain to you. And this is where, you know, when I read the results, I thought, hey, I wonder if I asked my kids, is the state legalizing marijuana a good thing or a or bad thing? They Could they give even an argument in either direction? Yeah. Could they yeah. and, and is that incumbent upon me as a parent to say Hey, I need to be talking about these things with my kids and not just telling them good, bad, yes, no, right, wrong, but actually engaging them in enough of a dialogue where they are gaining confidence that there's something more to biblical morality than the Bible says, Exactly, which yeah. is an insufficient argument. And I think that there's a third danger there of, of a kid, you know, eventually leaving our houses and going out into the world unequipped to understand why they believe what these they believe. things and yeah. then facing an argument that they can't resolve and then yeah. all of a sudden beginning to walk away from their faith and their convictions. Oh, I, think, I think for sure. Um, it's, it's interesting. I was thinking uh, we were talking before we started filming about uh, CrossFit a little bit, and there's something about resistance that builds muscles. But if you do not have like measured resistance 
and all of a sudden you get overwhelming resistance, it will crush yeah. you. Yeah. Right. If you yeah. get measured resistance over time, so uh, in some ways, as Christians, stuff like this uh, we can take as encouragement to say, okay, you can't. We can't get flabby in this area because it's we have to be countercultural. Right. Yeah. It's one thing to go, oh, if we had voted uh, the right way, we wouldn't have to worry about you know ab- abortion all of yeah. a sudden. And, but we do. I mean, you have to. That's especially part of, now. It's I, it's very deeply embedded into the law of our state now. Absolutely so. right. In our household, this is happening a lot right now. I think the question Gene does it better than I do, but the question asking of why do you believe that? Why do you believe that? Why do you think that's the case? Um, it will. I mean, it'll. It sharpens all of us for us to be asking that question, for us to be thinking in that way. And we'll hopefully grow our own faith in that way too. Yeah, because but, whether it's children or whether it's it's church members, yeah. the key is to teach people how to think biblically. Yes. Yeah, because the issues change. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. it's like next year the issues will be something, something different, different yeah. and something. So, it, and then you're just playing whack a mole. You're, yeah. you're you're making sure they know the argument for the issue today, but you really need to be preparing, preparing them for the issue tomorrow. And the way you do that is by teaching people how to think. And, and what I would say to that is, uh, for people who go to the church is that the time to to get prepared to think about these things is not when it's time to right. vote. Right. You know, yeah. then then and that's yeah. why we do the work of having a podcast or having classes at the church or having is that hey, we want to teach you how to how to think so that you're equipped for the questions or you're yeah. equipped to navigate with your children or you're equipped. And so my encouragement would be if maybe in the past if you if you if we shift into like what do we do now? I'd say yeah. one thing you maybe do now is is take a theology class. Go yeah. to a Bible study. Start to become someone some whose yeah. faith is yeah. rooted in, in, in some answers. Be, gain the ability to show the work so that you're ready for a conversation with a coworker or, yeah. a, or a child or even for your own, your own sake. I mean, that would be a starting point is, is hey, I realized I was not equipped to wrestle with these, these things. I need to become more equipped yeah. for whatever is, is next. A, a friend of mine's life intersected with a woman who was considering an abortion just in this last month or so. And uh, we were texting today because a point she made is, hey, on the other side of this, an issue didn't matter. A law didn't matter to that young woman. It was her heart and her knowing she was cared for. And so again, my friend being able to have conversation and it ended up moving this woman to choose life. Um, you know, remembering that as Christians, like those are the kinds of roles we can play and be just in those spaces with people um, now. So yeah, I think that also brings up a good point about the the relational ramifications that come yeah. from things like this, because I think, uh, you know, it's really easy for us to now see the person who is posting with glee because issue one has passed or because issue two has passed and to, to view them a certain way. But the fact of the matter is uh, we have to figure out also how we in- still engage the, you know, independent of yeah. whether we agree yeah. with their political beliefs, we have to figure out how to engage those people with the gospel. And I could tell you the starting point is probably not Writing demonizing back them on or, or, or commenting <laughs> on their, commenting on their on post. Facebook. Yeah, I don't know. Facebook well, fights. And the don't real go way well. to change the world is is actually to do the the real the actual work, not what appears to be the work. And what I mean by that is, if you go look at how Christianity changed the Roman Empire. They didn't do it by standing on the street corner and shouting down Caesar. They did it by picking up babies that had been discarded and raising yeah. them. 
They did it by living monogamous marriages in the midst of a sexually perverse world. And over time, the wisdom and goodness of that life commended the the God of that life to other people. And and I think that's the thing where politics lulls us into thinking that the the real work is trying to get people to change their minds on how they vote versus the real work is happening right now today in Ohio in pregnancy resource centers all over the state. Because right. So show up for that. The right. fact of the matter is, supply, do, write a check, participate. That that's where the real work happens. The, that issue, these issues could have failed yesterday, and mm-hmm. even if that were the case, there would still be exactly. massive swaths yeah. of our state who believe exactly the way the issues went, and so and yeah. the work would still need yeah. to be done. I, so, if yeah. if if we let uh, opponents of the gospel do their work on Facebook, and we do our work with actual people. people. We will change the world. We will change the world. Let everyone else do the shouting on Facebook. Go get involved. Actually care about people. Love people. Aim at people. And watch what God does. That has always been the way the gospel. You brought up China, Joe. I mean, if if I watch state television in China, all I know is communism is great and God is dead. And yet the largest movement of Christianity is happening. It's because Chinese Christians aren't putting their hope in state television or Facebook. They're doing the work of reading the Bible and sharing their faith with those around them. And so maybe this is a good reminder to us that in the same way God told Israel not to hope in horses or chariots, maybe we ought to stop hoping in yard signs and Facebook and start actually engaging our neighbors with by loving them, by helping them, and by sharing Jesus with them. You've been listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we're going to look at topics and questions that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. We want your feedback. We want your suggestions. If you've got ideas or questions that you'd like to hear answered on the show, you can email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.